So you can't predict the future. Matter of fact, people who try to predict the future usually look pretty foolish in the end. But I am confident you have the ability to predict your future. And one of the reasons I'm confident that at least there are times in your life where you can predict your future is because you are just like me. There has been multiple times throughout your life where you have thought to yourself or maybe even said to yourself this phrase, I should have seen it coming. Should have seen it coming. I should have paid attention to the clues. I should have seen the signs. How did I not know this was how it was going to turn out? How did I not know this was going to happen eventually? You know, you, I sh should have seen it coming. All of us have said this. And um, all of us have also thought this at times. I did see it coming. I did. I knew. You've had moments where you made choices and you knew exactly where it was going to take you relationally or professionally or financially or, you know, whatever area of life it was. You, you knew where it was going to end up. You did see it coming. You just wanted to do it anyway. I'm the same way. We've all done this because it was going to make us happy in the moment or it was, you know, just what we wanted. And so we wanted what we wanted. So we did it. And then once the consequences caught up with us, we acted shocked. But we shouldn't have acted shocked because we knew it was going to happen. Matter of fact, we probably had people come alongside us and say, you know, if you do that, this is how it's going to turn out. And so we acted shocked because we didn't want to admit that we already knew that was a foolish decision. But the reality was we knew. We saw it coming. The other reason that I am confident that there are times when you can predict your own future is because you have had plenty of moments in your life where you have seen something that a boss, a friend, a spouse a boyfriend, girlfriend, a kid, a parent, you know, whoever it is, you have had plenty of times where you have watched someone else do something, and then you have thought to yourself, or maybe if you're really bold, you have said to them, well, you should have seen it coming, because it ended up the way that you told them, or you thought it was going to end up, and you're like, I was right, I was right, why didn't you see it coming, you should have seen it coming, you know, all of us have been there, and we felt that frustration, all of us have been in conversations where somebody was griping about how something turned out, and you thought, well, I warned you about that three months ago, you know, or a year ago, you should have seen it coming, and some of us, we can't help ourselves, we actually say it, you know, like, I told you, you know, you should have seen it coming, you're just, because you're thinking to yourself, why are you griping about this as if you didn't know, you knew, you know, why are you so surprised that you failed this class? You failed every test leading up to the final. You should have seen it coming. Why are you so surprised that they broke up with you or this relationship into? Like they've been trying to break up for months now. Like you, some people, we talked to you about this. You should have seen it coming. What's interesting is we can often predict the future of other people and we're right. And there's another side to that coin, and that is other people can often predict our future and they are right. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks and why we don't want to listen to that. Today, what I want to do is I want to start with some good news and some bad news, okay? I've got good news and bad news, and I don't know which you like first, but I'm going to start with the bad news and then segue to the good, and we'll end on a positive note, okay? So here is the bad news for you and for me. 
Most of your personal problems can't be fixed. They can't. You think, well, that's, that's not even right, Matt. Like, there's always hope, okay? I'm not saying there's not hope. I'm just saying most of your personal problems cannot be fixed. And by fixed, I mean you are not like a car. They can't be fixed like you fix your car. When your car breaks down, you can take your car to the mechanic, and they will figure out what part is broken, and they will put a new part in, and they will fix your car. And when you get it back, it's as if it's brand new. It's as if you never had a problem. There are no long-term impacts from that. Even if you get in a wreck, as long as you don't total your car, if it's just a fender bender, you take it to the body shop, don't you? And they fix that. And when you get it back, it's like it was brand new. It's like the wreck never, ever happened. You can fix a car. You can't fix you and your personal problems because you are way more complex than a car. Now, you can overcome your problems. You can address your problems. You can cope with your problems. But you can't fix your problems. The, the personal problems you have are not things that there are any quick solutions to where you just, okay, I'm going to take this in, I'm going to fix it, and it's going to be like it never happened. Nope. They're going to be a part of your past, and they're going to be a part of your story for the rest of your life. And in most cases, if not all cases, they're going to have an impact on you to some extent for the rest of your life. So most of your personal problems, they can't be fixed in the sense of, you know, Oh, it's just gone. It's done. It's like it never happened. It's not part of the story anymore. No, it's always a part of the story. That's the bad news. The good news is this. Most of your personal problems can be avoided. And that's what this series is all about. This series is about how to avoid the problems that you could avoid. How to look into the future and see the problems coming your way and miss them. Because it is possible to do that. It's possible to avoid your problems, and I think it's smart to avoid your problems because, let's be honest, life has enough problems and life has enough pain that's out of our control. Why in the world would we want to also introduce problems and pain that was in our control and we could have avoided, but we didn't? Why would we want to introduce that into our lives? So for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how to avoid the problems and how to avoid the pain that you can avoid in life. And the secret or the answer to avoiding your personal problems that can be avoided is something that I call the direction principle, the direction principle. Now, I'm going to define for you what this is at the end, but I want to spend a few minutes giving you a little bit of context around what a principle is and why this matters so much. And if you get lost or confused in the middle of this, it's not your fault, it's mine, but I want to ask you just to track with me for a minute and stay locked in, because if you understand this context, it will help you tremendously in life. So there's some things that are true about principles in general. One of the things that's true about principles, a principle is not a rule that you follow. Actually, a principle is something that follows you. It follows you whether you want it to follow you or not. It follows you whether you're aware of it following you or not. Not only that, a principle is not something you choose to apply. It actually applies itself to you. You may not want a principle to be at work in your life, but you don't get any say in that. A principle is something that always applies itself to you. And again, sometimes you're aware that that principle is there and it's at work in your life. Sometimes you have no idea that that principle exists and it's at work in your life, but it's still at work. And then finally, a principle is not a law that you can break. But I'm telling you, any principle, this is true for all principles, any principle that you ignore, it will eventually break you. Now let me see if I can illustrate it this way. When we were in high school, we were all um, taught a principle 
that a lot of us won't remember. Some of you will be like, this is vaguely familiar. If you're in high school now, it may be fresh on your mind because you've been taught this in the last year or two. But there was a principle that we were all introduced to. And this principle will help you understand how all principles in general work. The principle is called Archimedes' Principle. Archimedes' Principle is applying itself to you every time you interact with water. Archimedes' principle applies itself to you and shows up in your life every time you wash dishes and take a bath, every time you float in a pool or you get on a boat or you go to the lake or you take a cruise. Archimedes' principle is showing up and applying itself in your life pretty much every single day. Now, you may be going, whoa, 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 that ain't right. I don't know who Archimedes is, and I don't want his principle in my life. That's none of my, you know, his business. But that's the whole point. Principles show up whether you want them to show up or not. So in the 3rd century B.C., this man named Archimedes explained the principle of buoyancy. In other words, Archimedes explained mathematically for the very first time why ships or boats float and why rocks sink. That's what Archimedes' principle is about. He just explained mathematically in a way that we could all, could, all could understand, here's why boats float and, and rocks sink. But this is important. The key word is he explained it. Archimedes did not invent the principle of buoyancy. The principle of buoyancy had existed since time began. Archimedes was just a person who came along and understood it well enough he could explain it to the rest of us. Now the reason I bring this up is because this is true not just for Archimedes' principle, this is true for all principles. All principles are explained and experienced, but they are never invented. All principles can be discovered and discussed, but they're never created. That's true for any principle that exists in this world, and it's also true for what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks, the direction principle. Now, the other piece of context I want to give you is around this word direction. I did not call this the solution principle because what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks is not a solution. It's about a direction. Here's why that's important. Every single week, there are people all over our world, definitely all over our country, who show up to talk to pastors or counselors or other trained professionals, and they come because they have problems. They have personal problems. And they show up and they unpack their personal problems on the pastor or the counselor and then, when they're done, what they are looking for and expecting is a solution. They're looking for and expecting a quick fix. If you've ever been in counseling, you know this. You understand this. If you've ever gone to counseling and you start thinking about it, you'll go, oh, yeah, that's what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was just going to show up and tell them everything that was going on, and they were going to give me a quick fix or solution. I just kind of slap it on and do this one thing, and everything changes, and it's fine. But that's not the way it works. This is not, this is not the solution principle. It's the direction principle. Because there is no such thing as a quick fix or solution to your personal problems. I'll explain it this way. You're going to have to, some of you, I'm going to date myself because some of you have never lived in a world where this was true. But just imagine. It's going to be hard to imagine, but imagine. For the rest of us, do you remember back before there were cell phones and GPS? You would actually get lost every now and then. Do you remember this? You would be going to a friend's house. You wouldn't know where to go. You had to pull over and find a payphone and put a quarter in it. I know this is archaic, but it's on YouTube. You can, you can see how it worked. You put a quarter in a payphone and you called your friend, okay? When you called your friend and you told them, I'm lost, I can't figure out where your house is, you never said to them, hey, I need a solution. 
you always said, I need directions. I need directions. Because you understood there was no quick fix or solution to that. You had to figure out a different direction to go. Well, that's the way it works with all of your personal problems as well. There's no solution to it. This isn't a solution principle. This is a direction principle. Now, guess who talked about this a whole lot? You won't be surprised. It was Jesus. When he was on this earth, and you read the accounts of his life, you will see that over and over again in his teachings, he talks about the fact, oh, there's no quick solution. There's no quick fix. He talked about this direction principle that I'm going to explain to you in a little bit. As a matter of fact, Jesus, um, in his most famous sermon or in his most famous collection of teachings, we call it the Sermon on the Mount, but it wasn't like a sermon that he did one time. It was like a, a series of teachings on values and the way to live life and principles of life. And Jesus taught these same ideas over and over and over again, dozens and dozens of times. But Matthew, who wrote and recorded one of the accounts of Jesus' life, he included one of the times when Jesus taught all of this. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. And at the very end of that teaching, Jesus explains to us the direction principle. So I just want to read you what he has to say. I want to show you what he said. And then I'll explain to you the principle at the end. So here's what Jesus said after he's told him, hey, here's a principle on how to live life this way, and here's some direction on how to live life this way, and this way, and this way, and all these different areas of life. Then he wraps it up with this. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, all these directions I've just given you, and puts them into practice. In other words, you can't just nod your head, we've all done this. You can't just nod your head, Jesus says, and go, yep, you're right, I agree, that would be best, that's smartest, that's wisest, and then walk away and not do anything. That doesn't help anything, but we've all done that, right? You've had a friend sit down across from you and say, hey, I see this going on, I think you should pay attention to, or maybe you should change and you nodded your head and looked at him or her and went, you're right, he's right, she's right, I should. I should stop doing that, I should start doing that. But then you never stopped. Or you came to church and you heard somebody like me and you walked out nodding your head going, he's right, okay, I should, I should change. But, but then you never did. We've all been there. Jesus says, that's not going to help you at all. But if you will hear what I just said and actually apply or do what I told you, and then Jesus makes them a promise. This is a pretty good promise. Here's what he tells them. If you hear, everyone who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, will experience immediate happiness relationally, financially, professionally, and all the other alleys. See, nobody's chuckling. I made that up. Y'all got to read your Bibles. I just made that up. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. Why? Not because happiness is a bad thing. If you're happy, that's great. God wants you to be happy. You ought to be happy. But that's, this isn't the way it works. You don't do what Jesus said and experience immediate happiness. He never promised that. If you're happy, great, but that's just not guaranteed. Let me tell you something else, and I'll go ahead and give you a heads up. I made this one up too. Here's something else he didn't say. He didn't say everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them to practice will find an immediate fix for all their problems because I'm the great solution. Jesus never invited people to a solution. If you will read his teaching, you will discover he invited people to change direction. Here's what Jesus actually promised. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or a wise woman. Let me just pause here. Do you know what makes somebody wise? A wise person is someone who understands that all of life is connected. They understand that their past is having an impact on their present, and their present is having an impact on their future. 
A wise person understands that what's happened in the past doesn't stay in the past. It always shows up in the present. And a wise person also understands that the choices I'm making in the present are the best predictor of what my future is going to be like. Now, an unwise person just thinks everything's isolated. A wise person realizes, no, 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 it's all connected. So Jesus said, the person who hears what I'm saying, the directions I'm giving, and you choose to apply them, to do them, to put them into practice, you've just tipped your hat that you're a person who realizes all of life is connected. And then Jesus makes his promise. He says, you're like a wise man or a wise woman who built his house or her house on the rock. Now, to build something, Jesus is implying this is going to be time-intensive. When Jesus says you're building something, he's implying this is going to be an exercise in delayed gratification. If you've ever built a house, you know this is true. Or if you've ever managed some big commercial building project, you know this is true. It is an exercise in delayed gratification. There is no immediate happiness, and there is no quick fix, and there is no fast solution. It takes a lot of time. And Jesus says, just like that's true when you build a house, that is true when you build your life. There is no quick fix. Building your life the right way is an, is an exercise in delayed gratification. And then Jesus says, this wise person, the one who hears my directions and does them, well, they're like a wise person who builds their house on the rock, which meant a lot more to his first century audience than it does to us. But to them, here's what immediately came to their mind. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Well, building on a rock for them, that was the hard way. That was the expensive way. That was the time-consuming way. That was the whole, man, we're going to put a lot of effort into this, and there's not going to be a lot of sh to show for it for a while kind of way. It was the delayed gratification way. And Jesus says, I'm just telling you, if you follow my directions and you do what I say, you're building your house on an incredible foundation. You're building your house the right way. But it's going to cost you more. It's going to be harder on the front end. It's going to require more time and effort. It's not going to be easy, to which some of us go, well, that doesn't sound very appealing, Jesus. And he says, all right, well, there is another option. And he offers it to us. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, I'm just going to nod my head and say, yep, that's right, but not do anything about it. Well, we're like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And again, his first century audience knew exactly what this felt like because they watched people build on sand. To build on sand, that was the easy way, the cheap way, the fast way, the instant gratification way. If you built on sand in the first century, you could get your house up quick. You could experience happiness fast. The problem is, it wasn't a solid foundation. Now, Jesus' point is, some of us are building our lives this way. We're taking the easy route. We're taking the fast route. We're taking the instant gratification route. We're taking the cheap route. And we're making choices based on what's going to reward us most right now. To build your life on sand, here's what it looks like. You're assuming that the choices you make today are not going to show up tomorrow. You're assuming that the decisions you make today are not going to follow you into the future. You're assuming today is today and tomorrow is tomorrow and they are not connected in any way. And you're assuming that you can do whatever you want to today. And yeah, maybe it 
leads to consequences for other people when they do it, but it's not going to impact you. And if it does impact you, well, you know what? I'll just deal with it then. I'm going to make this decision today, and if it doesn't work out, well, I'll just find somebody else. I'll divorce them, and I'll marry them instead. Or I'll just drop this relationship, and I'll go to another one. You're making the assumption, well, I'm just going to do this today, and if it creates problems in the future, it's okay. I'm just going to say I'm sorry. And when I say I'm sorry, I think it'll just fix everything. Like everything will go back to, to as it was before. It'll go back to like it never, ever happened. I, I'm just going to do what I want to do today. And if it creates issues, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to talk to my son or I'm going to talk to my daughter. And then the relationship will be fixed. We'll just have a quick fix. We'll just have a solution. Everything will be fine. And I'm not going to ever have to deal with any long-term consequences of what I'm doing today. This is what Jesus says a foolish person does. This is what it looks like to build your life on sand. You're making the assumption that today's weather is going to be tomorrow's weather. And that is a foolish assumption. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, if you're building your life on sand, you can predict your future. Here's your future. The rain came down. Eventually, there's going to be some problems. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. You're going to run into some pressure, some tension, some challenge. And your house fell with a great crash. It's going to be total loss for you. Jesus says, you just need to know if that's the way you're living your life, eventually it's all going to catch up with you. And there'll be total loss and pain, total loss and suffering, total loss and wrecked relationships. And it's not that you can't eventually put it all back together, but you can't fix it because you're way more complex than a car. So you can't just unwind all of that, put a new part in, act like everything happened. You're not a piece of technology. You just can't unplug yourself, wait 10 seconds, or power down yourself, wait 10 seconds, and boot yourself back up, and you're good as new. It's not the way life works. You're way more complex. You're going to have to deal with that. And hopefully, and there's no guarantee, maybe there's enough time for you to fix it and rebuild it. But you'll never escape it. You'll never be able to move past it as if it never happened. It's going to cost you in the long run. Jesus says, not only is your future predictable, but that wise person who did it the hard way, that wise person who delayed their gratification, that wise person who made choices that you didn't want to make, well, their future's predictable too. Here's their future. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Life was just the same for them as it was for you. Circumstances, no different. And yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Now, we watch this happen in real time in life, and, what, and you know what we do? We go, why does that always happen to them? I know why. I know why. Because they get all the breaks. That's why. Oh, they, they never end up where I end up because, you know what, they're just so lucky. Nothing bad ever happens to them. No. Plenty of bad happens to them. They've just built their life differently. They built it to withstand the pressures of life. They made decisions thinking about the future, not assuming those decisions would stay in the present. They lived their life by the direction principle. Now, if I can be personal for just a minute, listen, here's what frustrates me Maybe as much as anything. Here's the thing that 
breaks my heart at times. Here's the thing, one of the things that drives me to get up and do what I do every day. We all have things that drive us to do what we do beyond family. You've got the different things that drive you to do what you do. Well, here's one of the things that drives me to do what I do. It is when I watch people, it's when I watch some of you making decisions that are taking you in a direction you have said you do not want to go. When I watch you making decisions that are taking you in a direction that I know, oh, there's a freight train at the end of that that they're going to have to deal with. And the reason that frustrates me so much is I just sit in a different seat from a lot of you. It's not because I'm any smarter than you. That's not why I know that. It's that I just sit in a different seat and I have a different perspective. See, people who build on sand, people who assume that today's choices don't have an impact tomorrow, you see all of the highlights of that life. You see it all on social media. You see the new purchase and you're thinking, how can they afford that? Well, they couldn't. It was it's just more debt. You see the trips. Well, how in the world? Well, they couldn't. You see all the things they're doing, they're away from their family, and you're like, how do they spend time with their... They can't, but all you're seeing are all the highlights. All you're seeing are all the happy moments. All you're seeing are all the fun. But what happens is, down the road, after a period of time, those choices catch up with them. And they begin to feel pain, and they begin to experience consequences. But they do not post all of that pain and all of those consequences on social media, so you never see that. Guess what they do when they finally have the freight train hit them? They show up in my office. That's what they do. And they tell me all the things that have happened and how their family's falling apart and they're not sure their marriage is going to make it or, you know, they want a divorce or the kids won't talk to them or they lost their job or, you know, they're in so much debt. and, all and they, they unpack all of this story and then they look at me and they're expecting me to give them a quick fix or a solution. And I'm like, there's not one. There's not one. You can overcome this, you can rebuild your life, but you can't do it this week. I see all the pain. You only see all the happiness and all the fun. Because they're not posting the end result on social media. And neither do you and neither do I. So I'll watch people, I'll watch some of you making these choices. And it just it frustrates me. It's the thing that, you know... Has me sitting in my office talking to staff person going, oh my gosh, what do we have to do to help them understand, to help them see? Because I know, and it's, again, it's not because I'm smart, it's just because I've seen this happen so many times. There's a pattern. I know. They're about to blow their entire 20s. They're about to blow their 30s. They're about to blow their 40s. They're, they're about to cost themselves a marriage. This is going to eventually, not tomorrow, not next month, this is going to eventually cost them a relationship with their kid. They want their kids to, have, to own their own faith. No, listen, this isn't going to happen tomorrow. We're actually five years out. But in five years, if they keep making the decisions they're making, their kid's going to walk away from church and faith. And they're going to be in the office and going, help, help, help. And we'll help, but there's no quick fix. There's no solution to it. Just a couple weeks ago, this happens to everybody. Just a couple weeks ago, I'm sitting with a group of pastors. And not from around here. It's a group of pastors from all over the nation a small group of us, and the conversation turned really, really personal. And people in the group started talking about what was creating the most pain in their life right now. And there's one guy who says, well, uh, I recently, my wife and I recently celebrated our 20th anniversary, to which we were all like, oh, congratulations. But you could tell by the look on his face, it wasn't a happy thing. And he says, he says, we just celebrated 20 years, and as we were celebrating, my wife looked at me and she said, 
I just want you to know, I am done with you making me feel like I'm not enough. You have made me feel like I'm not enough and not good enough for 20 years. I'm done with it. And this guy was heartbroken. He, he was in tears as he's telling this. And I'm sitting there listening to him, and you know what was running through my head? You should have seen that coming. You should have seen it coming. I, I was empathetic towards him, but I was like, oh my gosh, how heartbreaking. You have wasted 20 years of marriage. And there were plenty of signs and clues along the way. There had to have been. But you ignored them. There had to have been people who came alongside and mentioned it. Your wife, this isn't the first time she said this to you. You ignored it. And now you're 20 years into marriage. You could have had such a, such a better, stronger, more meaningful marriage for the last 20 years. And now you're dealing with it. But you're not going to fix it tomorrow. You're going to fix that over the next few years. He gets done. This other pastor says, well, my oldest son is a couple years out of college, but he's been living at home. And our relationship is so bad right now uh, that he is moving out simply because he wants to get away from me. And he said, I know this sounds and feels terrible. I hate that I feel this way, but I'm kind of glad he's moving out because I want away from him too. And again, I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh. That didn't happen overnight. That, that problem didn't start last week. You should have seen it coming. Because what's the goal for any parent? Well, the win for any parent is when your kids no longer have to be around you, that they want to be around you. That's how you know you parented well. And he's blown it. He is lost. Now, can he recover? Can they rebuild that relationship? Absolutely. But there's no quick fix. It's not like a car. That son's going to carry that story with him and the consequences of that relationship with his dad for the rest of his life, even if they're able to repair it. And that father's going to carry the same. It's always going to be a part of their story. It's always going to have an impact. Some of you, you're in the exact same situation right now. You're making choices, taking you in a direction that's going to cost you deeply down the road. And I bet you've got people who have come alongside you and tried to point it out. And you're too arrogant, you're too egotistical, you're too stubborn, you're too proud to change. And it's going to cost you something that matters deeply to you. It's going to hurt you in ways that you don't even see. But you're being an idiot by not listening. You say, that's too personal. No, that's being real. You're being an idiot by not listening. I've been an idiot too. I'm with you. We've all been there. But you're too stubborn. And from my seat and from the seat of the people who are around you, who love you and care about you, it is so frustrating. Because we know there's a freight train coming. But I'll tell you... I'll tell you who hurts more than anybody for you. It's your Heavenly Father. Because He loves you way deeper than the rest of us do. He loves you more than anyone. And He's looking at it going, no, 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 no. You can predict your future here. Don't keep going down that road. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And some of you are going, I'm not going to follow. 
I'll tell you why I'm not going to follow Matt, because I am happier right now than I have ever been. This is what I've heard. It's like a recurring theme in conversations I've had lately. People have looked at me and said, I'm making this choice. Very few people will be honest enough to tell me these things. But I've been around some people lately who will tell me, I'm making this choice. I know it's not wise. I know, I know you don't think it's wise. But I'm happier now than I've ever been, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Now listen, I'm all for you being happy. There's nothing wrong with being happy. But you need to understand happiness does not equal rightness. Happiness is not proof that you are moving in the right direction. As a matter of fact, happiness could be, not, not if you're happiest doesn't always mean this is true, but happiness could mean you're moving in the wrong direction. Because every time you make an unwise choice or every time you sin, whatever term you want to use, the short-term byproduct of that is always happiness. It is. If you're sinning or making dumb decisions right now and it's not making you happy in the moment, you're doing it wrong. So at least get better at that. You ought to get better at something, okay? You're doing it wrong. And here's why. Because that's what tempts us to do things we know aren't smart. The whole reason we want to do something we know is not the right thing to do is because it'll make us happy in the moment. It's short term, though. It never lasts. People who experience happiness and joy and peace and meaning and purpose in the long run those are the people who build their life differently. Those are the people who realize, no, 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 no. I'm going to do the hard thing now in order to experience the payoff later. I'm going to go in the right direction now. And it may cost me. But I'm going to do it now because down the road, it's going to save me. So just because you're happier now than you've ever been, that's a terrible reason to think you're doing the right thing. That has no correlation whatsoever. The other reason that you may not be willing to look at Jesus when he says, come on, come on, follow me, is, and I hear this too, is because you're going, well, but I'm so far down this road. I don't know how to get out of it. I've already made the decision, or I've already, you know, I'm already dealing with the consequences, or I'm already in so deep, I can't get out, I'm just going to stay. It's too hard to get out. I don't know how to get out, I'm just going to stay. Listen, Jesus is looking at you going, no, no, no. You're down the wrong road, but I'm not showing up to condemn you. I'm showing up to forgive you, and I'm asking you to follow me, and I'll get you headed the right way. You could think of it this way. We get to where we should be. You're not where you should be? Okay. We get to where we should be the same way we got to where we shouldn't be. Not immediately, but over time, by moving in a different direction. If you're not where you should be right now, this is really simple. Here's all you need to know. You change direction and things will eventually change. Not immediately, but you change direction and things will eventually change. And your heavenly father is going, come on, come on, follow me. I want to help you change direction. And over time, things are going to change. So, let me define for you, because this is what this means. Let me define for you the direction principle. I just want to give it to you today, and then next week we're going to start digging in to understanding what it means for you and what it means for me, and more importantly, how to apply it and use it, because you can leverage this principle for your benefit, or you can ignore it to your demise. So we'll talk about how to leverage it for your benefit. Here's the principle. It's so simple. Decisions determine direction. That's it. Your decisions you're making today are determining the direction you're going to head in tomorrow. The best predictor of your future 
is your decisions. You want to know what's going to happen in your future, in your marriage, in your dating, in your finances, in your parenting, in your profession, in your school, whatever it is. Just pay attention to your decisions because your decisions predict your future. Because your decisions are determining your direction. And your directions are taking you to a, a very predictable destination. So here's all I want to ask you to do this week. Will you take a little bit of time to pay attention to the decisions you're making in all the different areas of your life? Will you take a little bit of time to pause and go, okay, I'm not going to admit this to anybody else, but here's what I'm doing right now. Here are the decisions I'm making. And I think they're taking me this direction. Will you just be self-aware and honest enough to acknowledge that? Because decisions determine your direction, and they determine mine as well. And we'll pick it up right there next week. Let me pray for us. Father, would you give us the courage, because it takes a lot of it, the courage to be honest with ourselves, and to pay attention to the decisions we're making and where they're taking us. And I say it takes a lot of courage because for all of us, we have a tendency to go, oh no, it's not going to happen to me. It happens to other people. It won't happen to me. We have a tendency to convince ourselves it's going to be fine. We have a tendency to convince ourselves I don't care how it turns out. We have a tendency to convince ourselves we're in control of the consequences, not just the decision. But we all know from life experience that is not true. So give us the courage to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge, I'm making these decisions, and here's where it's going to take me. I'm making these decisions, and the odds are it's going to cost me my relationship with my daughter, with my son, with my mom, with my dad. I'm making these decisions, and this is going to put us in a financial hole it's going to take us years to dig out of. I'm making these decisions, and I don't know if our marriage will ever be what it needs to be because of it. God, whatever it looks like. I'm making these decisions, and it's probably going to cost me my job down the road. Just help us to be honest enough to acknowledge that. And then maybe, maybe, <laughs> give us enough courage to help us to actually do something, to change direction, to go ahead and start moving a different way, because that is how things will eventually change. Jesus, thank you for showing up and showing us the way. Thank you for showing us how much you love us, and you're not coming down the road to grab us and condemn us. You're coming down the road to forgive us and just say, come on, come on, follow me. Help us to have enough courage to do that. Why wouldn't we follow someone who loves us as much as you and who's proven that love through your death and your resurrection? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, don't forget, we're hosting the